This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. Great to have you along today. We're wondering about the provincial liberals at Queen's Park and whether they're headed for two more by-election losses tomorrow. And if they end up losing the races in Niagara-West Glanbrook and Ottawa-Vanier, is it because of skyrocketing hydro prices? Your calls are invited, 416-360-0740 or 1-866-740-4740. I'll ask these same questions of our guests, PC Hydro One critic Todd Smith, who represents the riding of Prince Edward Hastings, and independent energy advisor Tom Adams. First to you, Todd Smith. Are tomorrow's by-elections effectively a referendum on Premier Kathleen Wynne's hydro policy? Uh, good afternoon, Jane. And yes, certainly they are the most important issue that we're hearing at the door in both of those ridings. Niagara West Glanbrook, which is our former uh, leader Tim Hudak's riding, and Ottawa Vanier, which is a riding that we can pretty comfortably say has always been liberal um, since 1967. That riding has been liberal. Uh, the Leafs were winning the Stanley Cup back then, so it was a long time ago uh, that a Conservative held that riding. And certainly at the doors, that's the number one issue that we're hearing. It's affecting the residential bill of all of those doors that we're knocking on. It's also affecting the employers where these people are working. Uh, They're paying more for electricity. And what we're finding as we continue to dig deeper into this story, it's affecting the public service providers as well. The electricity costs at our hospitals, and today I was asking about schools. And some schools across the province have seen increases of 62% in their electricity bills over the last five years. So Obviously, it's resulting in cutbacks in our uh, public institutions because of the rising cost of electricity. So it, it's a huge issue, and I think a lot of people are going to cast their ballots tomorrow in those two ridings on that issue. Well, the Liberals certainly got a wake-up call on September 1st when they lost the Scarborough Rouge River by-election, and it seemed as though voters were very dissatisfied in that riding about the rising costs of hydro. Um, now, since then, as we know, they have agreed to eliminate the provincial portion of the HST on hydro bills as of January 1st. So that's a savings of about 130 a year for the average household. Is this enough? Is this the? Are you, in terms of what you can do to lobby the government as the opposition, can you see them offering any more? Is this all there is? Will it make a difference? Yeah, Jane, it was actually really a wash because earlier this year, on January 1st, the government eliminated the Ontario Clean Energy Benefit off hydro bills, which was a 10% reduction on bills. And now they're saying, well, we'll take 8% off and talking about it being some kind of cost savings. So it's really not enough. What we want to see is the official opposition is the Liberal government change their ways and stop signing these lucrative deals for renewable energy projects that have been the main reason why the cost of electricity has risen so dramatically. And, and, and you're right, the only reason that we saw that 8% reduction on the HST portion of electricity bills after the Scarborough Rouge River by-election was 
because the Liberals were sent a very strong message by the residents in Scarborough, who had been Liberal for a long, long time as well. So that was part of the Liberal fortress, and, and I think really rattled some cages in the Premier's office. Now, on the other side of the coin, you and I both know, and residents across southern Ontario know, that we have had very few, if any, smog days over the last couple of years. And the governing Liberals have said that the hydro rates have increased as the province shut down its coal-burning power plants. So is this added cost, is there some reassurance, at least for Ontario residents, that we're breathing cleaner air as a result of the higher costs? Yeah, I don't think there's any question. Uh, All three parties in the legislature were committed to phasing out the coal-fired plants, um, and it was actually... uh, the first coal plant was phased out by a progressive conservative member, Elizabeth Whitmer, when she was energy minister many moons ago. Uh, But I think the biggest reason that we're seeing the reduction in smog days in Ontario is because of the hollowing out of our manufacturing sector. Uh, 350,000 manufacturing jobs have left Ontario, not to mention all of those jobs that have left uh, the central United States, um, which are no longer spewing coal uh, or, or, or pollution into Ontario. Um, so, so there are a number of different reasons, but I, I think the main thing I just want to point out is that all three parties are committed uh, to getting rid of coal, and the coal is actually gone in Ontario, and we actually have a law now uh, that prohibits anyone from burning coal in the future. What are the progressive conservatives proposing to reverse the rising hydro prices? I know the the general election is a ways off. It's not until 2018, but we need to know as voters what's in the works if you want us to change our vote. Well, the first thing is to not sell off any more shares of Hydro One. That's been a very, very unpopular decision that's been made by this Premier who actually had campaigned not to sell off Hydro One previously. Uh, 85% of those who are polled uh, say that this is a bad decision and the financial accountability officer here at Queen's Park is, is an independent officer of the legislature has also said that what it's happened, what is happening by selling off Hydro One is um, short-term gain but long-term pain for the finances of the province. So, you know, we're continuing every day to push the government to stop the fire sale of Hydro One, as our leader Patrick Brown uh, calls it. Um, We're also talking about ending these very, very lucrative subsidy-driven um, renewable energy contracts that, uh, that the government has signed, which is really the major driver for the increases in cost that we've seen in Ontario. And the Auditor General, another independent officer of the legislature, is saying that uh, you know, we could have gone down this renewable road without doing so much damage to the province's bottom line and overpaying for electricity. And also overpaying for electricity that we don't need. So, Yeah, let, let's pro- talk about that. Let's talk about sure. that. Uh, we're speaking with PC Hydro One critic Todd Smith. How could it have been done better? Uh, the, the way that they were doing it pr- previous to the Green Energy Act coming into effect actually would have saved the province $37 billion. So instead of this gold rush mentality that we saw when the Green Energy Act was passed, where they were um, signing up wind and solar companies as quickly as they could um, with huge subsidies. And you'll recall back in the early days of the Green Energy Act, they were paying 80 cents a kilowatt hour to solar producers to produce electricity. Um, When probably the average price per kilowatt hour being sold back onto the grid was around 8 or 10 cents. So we were overpaying by a substantial amount. 
that's why we're overpaying $37 billion over the life of these contracts. Can we be exporting some of our hydro? Where are we at with that right now? I well, know, I know. Obviously, we are, but could we be doing more of it? Yeah. Well, unfortunately, what we're doing is we're exporting at a loss because they've given priority access to the grid to these wind and solar providers, uh, which means that we have to take that most expensive power first. And uh, I'm sure Tom Adams, when you speak to him, will explain it more eloquently than I can. Uh, but what's happening is some of those low-cost electricity providers, like our Niagara. Uh, hydroelectric facilities are actually spilling water at times uh, instead of capturing that power because we would be producing power and selling it off at a loss. So these contracts have given have, have been given uh, priority access to the grid, which means if the if the wind is really blowing hard and we don't need the power, we're forced to take that more expensive power. Or if the sun is shining brightly but we don't necessarily need the power, we're paying far more, 80 cents a kilowatt hour in some cases, for that power that we don't need. Let's talk about the ridings themselves. Uh, tomorrow's two by-elections, provincial by-elections, Niagara West Glenbrook and Ottawa Vanier. Tell us about the dynamics of who is running in those ridings. We know it's quite a young fellow in, uh, in West Glenbrook, Niagara West Glenbrook. Yeah, Sam Oosterhoff, a 19-year-old a political science student at Brock University, uh, won the nomination there. And uh, from what I understand, I haven't had the opportunity to meet Sam yet, but uh, he's an outstanding candidate. He's very, very driven, hardworking, much like our leader, uh, Patrick Brown, who's still a young man himself at the age of 37 or 38 years old. But, uh, but um, Sam is, is working very hard on the ground there in the riding that was previously held by Tim Hudak. Um, it's generally considered to be a very conservative riding. I don't think that has... Um, tampered down the uh, the enthusiasm or the energy of, of Sam on the ground. We're running a, an all-out campaign there, and we hope to win that riding, uh, hopefully easily. Ottawa Vanier, that was a riding held by Madeleine Mayeur, and as you pointed out, it has been a long time, 13 previous provincial elections since that riding has gone anything but liberal. Uh, you have a high-profile candidate running there. PC candidate is Andre Marin, the outspoken former provincial ombudsman. He is well-known. Yes, he is. He has a high profile. Um, very well spoken, obviously very well connected uh, with the media, and he has a, uh, an enormous uh, base of knowledge when it comes to provincial issues, having been the Obensman here at uh, Queen's Park for, for 10 years and writing reports on all of the miscues that this government has made over that time, including the hydrophile, which is uh, the biggest issue that an Ontario Ombudsman had ever faced in the history of the ombudsman's office. I think it was 2016, or 2015-16 in his report, um, where they had received something like 10,500 complaints from Hydro One customers that his office was looking into. So uh, he knows firsthand um, the damage that the Green Energy Act and the energy policies of this Liberal government have, uh, have cost Ontario residents. We want to hear from you. If you're a voter in Niagara-West Glanbrook, our 740 signal booms right down into that area. Or if you're listening at zoomerradio.ca in Ottawa, Vanier, who are you going to vote for and why? 416-360-0740, 740 Or for those of you who live in other ridings across southern Ontario, if there were to be a provincial election tomorrow, who would you vote for and why?
And one last question to you before we say goodbye, Todd Smith. If the Liberals don't win either of these by-elections tomorrow, is that a good thing for voters in that there's more pressure on the government to make changes in line with what voters want to see? I think so, and I think that's what's led to the, the, the small amount of relief that we've seen was Scarborough Rouge River, uh, which was longtime liberal red, um, switched to blue, and that forced the government's hand to change something. I think if the Liberals were to lose Niagara West Glanbrook, which they haven't held, but if they were to lose Ottawa Vanier, which they've held for so long, it'll send an extremely strong message to this government that they need to change their ways, particularly when it comes to electricity. But when it comes to accountability and transparency, this government isn't as transparent as Kathleen Wynne said it was going to be, and every officer of the legislature here agrees with that. Um, So I I think it will send a very, very strong message. Um, It's going to be extremely difficult for the Premier uh, to go on stage on Friday night at the Liberal Provincial Convention in Ottawa, a night after losing a fortress that they'd held for 50 years and put a smile on her face. It's, it's going to be a strong, strong message, and as you said, uh, really a referendum on this Liberal government. PC Hydro One critic Todd Smith, pleasure speaking with you. You too, Jane. Take care. Thank you. 416-360-0740, Your calls on tomorrow, what is being called the Hydro Referendum in two Ontario by-elections, along with Independent Energy Advisor Tom Adams. That's next. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. We're talking about tomorrow's by-elections in Ontario, two provincial by-elections, Niagara-West Glenbrook and Ottawa-Vanier, and the idea that the rising hydro costs have become the main issue, which may not play out well for the governing Liberals. Kevin in Toronto, you're on Fight Back here on Zoomer Radio. Go ahead. Hello, how are you? I'm fine, thanks. Um, I, I don't want to get off topic. I, I know the uh, the issue is the Liberals, and I, I have been a uh, diehard Liberal all of my life, both both federal and provincial. But um, you know, I've significantly shifted my support um, from the Liberals. Uh, you know, each time the last couple of elections have come around, I'm very disappointed with the way um, they've been mismanaging. Uh, you know. The money, uh, the e-health scandal, the uh, hydro um, problems, uh, you know, with the plants that were canceled, and the fact that they haven't been doing, you know, quite nearly enough for the uh, underprivileged um, and the disabled in the province of Ontario. With all this mismanagement of money um, and uh, the high hydro bills as well for the poor, um, it's just abysmal. Uh, the lack of support that they have, uh, the lack of things they've done for the poor and indignant uh, in this province. Kevin, we we thank you for sharing your thoughts, and we invite your calls as well, 416-360-0740, Independent Energy Advisor Tom Adams joins us now. Tom, hydro costs seem to be the main issue uh, in these by-elections tomorrow. Is it simply the cost of improving the quality of our air, or has there been dramatic mismanagement of public funds? Well, you know, the the Ontario government's been trying to spin a, a line uh, on people for 
for for uh, several years now um, that their uh, uh, rising cost of electricity has been justified, and they you know they they they, they point um, you know to their um, a success in getting rid of the coal and and uh, and 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 try to trump up these uh, charges that Mike Harris was, you know, a, a terrible mismanager of the the power system. Um, uh, but it's really not going over, I don't think, very well with people. Um, uh, it, it is true that coal has been uh, removed from the system, but that was many years ago, and rates still keep going up. Um, the uh, Ontario government is just it lately started to kind of think in new ways about their uh, electricity policies. After the Scarborough uh, by-election, uh, of course, you were speaking with your previous guest about, you know, how there there were some, some slight changes. Um, and, you know, those are steps in the right direction. They have done some things that have uh, somewhat mitigated the pace at which electricity costs are escalating. But when you look under the hood, you know, at the details of what they're continuing to do, there are still major, major programs of uh, where, like, literally billions of dollars are, are, are being spent right now that, that don't need to be spent on, on just careless, careless, wasteful electricity uh, procurement programs. This is buying power on long-term contracts, uh, for uh, more electricity generation at a time when electricity demand in Ontario continues to fall. It, it's just, you know, the electricity, when people look at their power bills and they wonder, gee, you know, how did this happen? The, the, the simple answer is just, just gross negligence. And it has been a long time that the Liberals have been in power, first under McGuinty and now under Kathleen Wynne. Where can they go from here in bringing the prices down? I mean, short of throwing up their hands and saying, we'll just wait to get ousted from government in 2018, there, there, there has to be some sort of foreseeable plan, and they certainly must be feeling the pressure. Oh, sure. Look, if, um, if they were serious about trying to uh, turn their electricity, um, uh, you know, the, the province's electricity future uh, onto a different channel. So, you know, at least we could get to a, 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 a place where electricity costs were not going up all the time. If, we, if, if the Ontario government today committed to stabilizing the future cost of electricity, one example of a program that they would stop immediately is it's called FIT-5. Um, uh, it, this is a procurement program they're in the midst of. They're just about to sign contracts for another 150 megawatts of useless junk generation. Um, uh, virtually all of the output of those generators, if, if they were to come online today, like I say, almost every kilowatt hour that would be produced by this uh, new fleet of power generation would be given away to the U.S., uh, uh, Michigan and New York primarily. We would be buying it. Uh, some of that power we would be buying for over 31 cents a kilowatt hour. If on a good day, we'd be reselling it for two cents a kilowatt hour. Um, you know, so it's just one of many examples. Uh, another example the Ontario government's got a program. They're spending something in the in the neighborhood of 400 million bucks a year 
on energy conservation programs. And, you know, that sounds like a, such a nice thing, right? You know, I mean, we all want to conserve. Um, uh, a conserver society is a beautiful concept, and, and, and we, sh- you know, government should be doing things to promote that. But, but $400 million to subsidize energy conservation programs at a time when Ontario's electricity demand keeps going down because of rising prices, of course, and while we're paying generators in Ontario not to produce power and giving away power to neighboring utilities in Michigan and New York, come on. I mean, that's just ridiculous. If we, you know, I mean, we, we really need a totally new way of thinking about Ontario's electricity future before we dig this hole deeper. And that's where you come in, Independent Energy Advisor Tom Adams. What is the solution long-term, the face of energy for the province of Ontario? Where should we be going? Well, you know, um, some time ago, um, uh, after McGinty's earliest years, um, uh, so in around probably around 2006, 2007, there was a real change in direction that happened down at Queen's Park. Um, uh, Ontario government operatives started to recognize something uh, um, that that I I think people hadn't picked up on before. And it was that the, uh, you know, we've always had a lot of politics involved in Ontario's electricity system, but the, the, the political operatives kind of realized that government could um, uh, introduce into the power system all kinds of government initiatives that would uh, 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 properly to be paid for through taxes, um, but they could, we could put them onto the power bill and use the power bill as a kind of um, uh, uh, off-book financing for government programs. And that's really how we got into this big mess. Um, and, and that's just a completely wrong, wrong approach. That does not work in the long term. We've really got to change the thing around. We need less politics in the power system. We need a more business-like approach. Um, and we need government to stick to government's job. So, like, for example, we, we have low-income people that are really getting harmed by, by rising power costs. Um, we ought to have social service agencies providing support for people that are really, you know, in, in, at risk of becoming homeless and that kind of, you know, really in desperate circumstances. But those costs are appropriately recovered from taxpayers. But instead, we have a new tax on electricity bills to pay for um, uh, something called the Ontario Electricity Support Program. Well, that's a government program. It really doesn't belong on the power bill. It's just one example of government initiatives being tacked onto your power bill. It's quite wrong. Um, uh, but again, unless we get new thinking of Queen's Park, we're, we're just on, on this road to ruin. Okay, Tom, just hang on for a second. Let's go to Bob in Etobicoke. You're on Zoomer Radio's Fight Back. Your comments Ooh. today? Well, yeah, I believe, one, that the, the Liberals will lose. But um, I see a, a problem that is, you know, like is, has been building with these hydro rates. And I remember listening to Kathleen Wynne was talking about them. They said, well, years ago, they, they were kind of subsidized, which they should be. For example, the 268,000 manufacturing jobs that have been lost generally by high hydro rates. If those people were working in Ontario on those jobs, 
they would be paying a significant amount of income tax and other taxes, buying and selling goods that they, uh, they're buying, and we would be collecting provincial sales tax. Mm-hmm. So we've lost that amount of money. The other thing about it is they spent um, $37 billion roughly on this, what they call the clean energy. And to me, it's not really clean. I know maybe people have a different point of view than I do, but $37 billion would build and operate two new nuclear stations which do not pollute and they are not dangerous anymore. Okay, Bob. And they will produce 24-hour hydro. Okay, Okay. thank you for your call. And I want to ask Tom that before we wrap up this segment. Uh, The Liberals and their climate change plan, how that's going to add $5 a month to home heating bills and about $0.04 a litre to the price of gas, with the average energy cost to households rising about $13 a month in 2017. is the solution is the solution in this climate change plan? Oh, we we already pay a huge carbon tax on our power bills. It's hidden, you know, it's buried in there. Um, uh, but but you know, we, this this climate change, um, uh, you know, these these new levies that are coming are 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 just you know just the cherry on top of the the you know the, this fabulous ice cream soda that the that the liberals have presented here and constructed we we our our, our power bills we, we get we get hit um you know this this climate change justification has been used by the ontario government they're not the only government doing it but they, they've used climate change as a as as an an excuse to to, to make these just Radical uh, uh, changes to the whole structure of the power system, and, and we, and, <laughs> you, you know, the, the the cost of getting rid of coal um, uh, e- e- initially was promised as a, a, a justified on the terms of protecting people's health, but when it became clear that they really the, the you know the coal phase out was having almost no impact on on air quality. Um, uh, then they switched to the climate change justification. Anyway, we've seen a lot of this climate change stuff before um, uh, arriving on our power bills. It's never been good. This next round is is really going to be hair-raising. They're taking some of the same approaches that they've applied to electricity and now extending it into other fuels. Um, uh, natural gas, uh, you know, is, is going to be impacted and road fuels as well. So, I mean, again, it, you know, we, we have to protect the environment, um, uh, but, but we have to be upfront with people. And, and, and that's, that's been a missing piece in all this. There's just a terrible lack of transparency. Tom Adams, we will speak again. Thank you. Thanks, Jane. Inde- you too. Independent Energy Advisor Tom Adams. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the air and The Garden Show.